Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Charles Hernandez and Michael Giannis with Home Buying, Home Selling Solutions. And they flew in from San Antonio to share how they built their portfolio with sub two, wrap, private money, all while wholesaling and flipping. It was actually really hard to get these guys on the show. I had to lock them down in Houston at Wholescaling, uh, Wholescaling Live to finally get them to commit. So this is a treat for all of us. Uh, so busy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. If that's something you want to do, let's connect on Instagram at steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you guys to listen to this show. I've been advised by a consultant that to, in order to hit some of my crazy goals. I need to get the 500 five-star reviews in iTunes. So please do me a favor, go into iTunes, subscribe, give a five-star review. If you can write what you like about the show, that would be even better. And this is a live show. So please ask your questions for Charles and Michael to answer. You ready? Let's go. Ready, man. All right. So make, sure, make sure you guys do those five-star reviews for this guy, man. Yeah, I appreciate well, it. Well, well-deserved. Uh, so I'm going to start with you because I think you're the senior member of the team. I'm guessing is so what got you into real estate? Well, I would say Cole because we're actually Cole, but why well, um, I recognize you guys are partners, but I'm <laughs> guessing you probably. Um, what got me into real estate was this: that uh, I was actually in the mortgage business, yeah, before the crash, and um, you know I did really well doing that. I ran uh, a few offices and stuff, and I actually did really well, but I didn't see the crash coming, and uh, I had done some investments, flipped a few homes, but I was more interested back then in in helping investors do what I do now. So I saw it from that perspective. And uh, when, the, when the crash came, well, you don't shut down just because you get a couple of bad months. No. But then all of a sudden, all the banks started shutting down. We had people at the closing table with no bank. And I took it really hard. I took it in the chin. I took it really hard. Uh, you know, lost a lot of money. You know, went through depression, gained a lot of weight. And then around 2012, I just, I told a buddy of mine, I said, man, I got to, I kept telling him for a year, I'm gonna make a change, I'm gonna make a change. And I decided to open up Home Mind Home Selling. Right around that time, my daughter met Michael and he was still in the army. And uh, I think it was right around last part of 2012, I said, hey man. Yeah, that's how I got into real estate. I said, what right? are you gonna do? Yeah. So that's, how we, that's how I decided, hey, I'm gonna go all in on this, so. You know. Yeah, so that question on my half, right? So I was in the army for 12 years and that last, Four of the 12, which was year number eight, I got stationed at Fort Sam, which Fort Sam's in San Antonio, so I got stationed where I was from. So it was good for me. And when uh, Crystal introduced me to her stepdad, which is Charles, um, he's like, hey, let me show you some real estate. I was like, nah, I'm ready in the Army. You know, five to five, we gotta wake up early, we gotta go do PT. I ain't got time for that. Let me show you real estate, man, it's easy, and this, and nah. And then when he said, hey, let me pay for you to become a realtor, <laughs> I was like, well, if you're going to pay for it, let me see what this is about. Yeah. And that's where it started from. Yeah, and that was okay. back in 2012. Yeah, back then. And uh, he was a lot nicer to me back then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was all, yeah. yes, sir, no, sir. But uh, so, you know, what happened was we just started and uh, we started the company. And we weren't partners just yet because mm -hmm. I used to get a lot of leads. And I was still kind of thinking about going back into the mortgage. And back then, you know, the MLS came, NMLS came out and you couldn't be a realtor. and working mortgages and stuff. So I opened up 
home item selling under a different broker. I just owned the company. And so Michael came in, I would give him all the leads. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times I would tell you, I had to tell him, hey man, you can't get lost, man. I, I understand you're getting paid from the army, but this is the real deal. We're dealing with people's lives, you know? And, and a few times he got lost on me. And I only had really to tell him, I think it was once or twice, right? And he got it. Yeah. And after that, like within six months, I'm serious, I was turning around, I was like, you got how many deals? <laughs> and uh, So you yeah. guys hit the ground running then? Yeah, sounds we, hit like. the, we hit it ground, you know, we, we really hit it hard, you know. Okay, so 2012, you guys are working together and you guys just pretty much fly out of the gate. So what were you guys doing at that time to do, to, to have such a great 2012, start? to be honest with you, we were mostly just doing traditional, traditional yeah. real estate, you okay. know, loans, uh, traditional real estate, being a realtor. And then we got into flipping houses. Well, let me tell you how that's that the investment part. So for a long time, he just kept telling me, "Hey, man, I want to flip a house. I want to flip a house." So thirteen, I was I was really gun shy. I was afraid to tell him. And every single day, almost it was, "I want to flip a house. I want to flip a house." And we actually were in a room about this size. We sat right next to each other for you know every single day, seven days a week. We worked seven days a week. And somewhere along the line, we lost a yes, sir. And, <laughs> and, and so, so so one day, one day, he says, hey, man, we got a contract in the house. This is great. You know, what, you know, what house is it? No, he goes, we got a contract in the house. So and he went ahead and. He was putting contracts in. He went ahead and did ready it. Ready to go. Without <laughs> telling me. So so we don't buy properties. Forgiveness, <laughs> not permission. <laughs> he, he, he didn't tell me at all. And we do, normally don't buy properties off the MLS, but he was putting contracts, you know, just left and right. And uh, it was a, it was a moment of truth, you know. He yeah. said, "Hey, are we doing this?" And I went to look at the property, and I said, "Let's do it, man. Let's roll." All right. And ever since then, what we did, we sat down, and we said, "Okay, we're going to do this together." I told him straight out. I said, "Partnerships bust up all the time, and for these reasons, we have to agree to these reasons. We have to agree that everything we do comes into HPHS. There's no side deals mm-hmm. ever." That's the first rule. The second rule is that we both have a yes and a no. So if he wants to do something and I have my opportunity to say no, but I said, let's just go, I can't ever come back and say, hey, I told you so, and whatever whatever happens, happens, we roll with it. That's that's the second thing. And uh, the other thing is what's really important is all monies are 50-50. So we got that, those three things out of the way. And ever since then, I mean, we've we've never had a problem. You know, we just go. I like that that you set the ground rules. We ground set rules from the beginning. beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's never any issues, any yeah. headaches, any bumps in the road. It was set from day one, and I think it's so far so good. Here we are, yeah. eight years later. So our debt, his debt, my debt, my debt's his debt. We consulted each other. We're gonna buy a big ticket item. You know what I'm saying? Our credit, you know, pretty much married together. So everything we do is. I love it. It's just together. So you started flipping in 2013. 13, yeah. So you guys started as traditional, started flipping in 13. And what were you making offers on at that time? So back then, because he was pre-crash, right? And I'm mm-hmm. post-crash, so I get it, he was hesitant, but I'm like, man, what are you talking about the crash? What, <laughs> we're in 2012, I'm ready to flip a house, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. So I was just putting offers on MLS. You know, to be honest, okay. low ball offers, nope, okay, I tried. Low yeah. ball offer, and then one said yes, I was like, all right, well, let's go, let's do this. All so. Right. Uh, we did our first flip, right, with our yeah. personal money. Um, well, actually, what happened was I said, if you want to do a flip, because I had flip properties before, you need to come out here and do the work. So we went in there, and we are like, well, what about this wall? And it had been years I'd done it. I said, well, let's, 
he wanted to take it out. So I said, well, all right, let's take it out. Open concept. So the next day we know it's Boeing like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, no, man. So we put a, a, a two by fours together, held it up. And I said, we looked at each other and said, uh, let's go do some contractors. <laughs> so that's how we started our first crew, you know. So you guys did well on the first flip. Yeah, it was not yeah, too bad. Pretty good, yeah. yeah, for the first one. Yeah, for me, anyways. Okay. Yeah. So then you guys are flipping properties, and then what was the evolution after that? We just kept flipping. To be honest, so I know a lot of people or wholesalers. Not people. Wholesalers start with wholesaling. We actually started with flipping houses. Mm-hmm. So we're flipping two, three, four, or five houses at a time. And traditional. And doing the traditional real estate. And mind you, I was still in the army, mm-hmm. so it was real busy. So after work, you know, do this, do that, keeping into the uh, the flipping. And then we get a deal. I was like, man, that's a good deal, but we already were pretty much leveraged with three, four flips. What's this wholesaling thing about? Yeah, we started. We started. Uh, we never had mentors, you know. Yeah. And so we started hearing about wholesaling, and we're like, Whoa. we didn't even know how to write the contract. It's serious. Well, you guys weren't even buying from wholesalers either. No, we're buying. So you didn't. We're like, buying our own deals. Yeah, yeah. we're buying yeah. our own deals. Yeah. And so, for, so we were just researching and researching because people knew us already, and they knew that we would flip properties, but we didn't want anybody to know that. We didn't know anything about wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So we were researching, researching, and finally we just, man, let's just do it. <laughs> and we did our first deal. So we got the wholesale. I was like, man, that made how much? Yeah. Versus this flip that we've been doing for four months? Yeah. Cool. Put it to the side. Kept flipping. Another deal. I was like, man, this is probably the way to go here. So we went from here <laughs> uh, to, yeah. all right, man, let's, let's, let's focus more on wholesaling and let's do a flipper here too. Right. And that's where we're at now for the yeah. most part. Gotcha. And when was this transition where you started wholesaling? It started happening, really started happening like 14 and 15. Yeah. We started making a transition. You know, we started uh, we started making a, tra- a transition from traditional, and we were still f- flipping and started doing more wholesaling. But then we started talking about, you know, we need to start putting some properties aside. So we started trying to figure out, okay, how can we put properties aside? So I came... When, when the market crashed, I did a lot of creative financing for hard money lenders, you know. So I was kind of like the middleman. I would get paid to do that. So I had an understanding of how to put deals together. And then we started hearing about subject two, and we just dove all in. So in 14, 15, we really, all those things were kind of like just coming together. Mm-hmm. And and we started putting properties aside and flipping properties, wholesaling properties, traditional. And it was just he and I. Wow. Seven days a week. Any staff at that time? No, no, not in 2016. And how many deals were you guys doing at that? Or how many deals did you guys do in total in 2016? We cracked, we cracked, I think it was 2016, we finally cracked a million. Yeah. But by the time we had a staff. So before that, we were still somewhere, you know, like 300, 400,000, 500,000, just he and I. Yeah. He wow. actually, his first two years, first three years, he was called up to NAREP. Which is like uh, because he had he was he was in the army, yet was closing sixty seventy traditional deals mm-hmm. a year. That's big, you know, because that's big even if you're not in the army. Yeah. and yeah. we were, right. and we were flipping properties yeah. and wholesaling all that stuff. So. so you got called into NAREP. NAREP, yeah. So it's a National Association of Hispanics. What are the cases for for Texas? Mm-hmm. Because you know if you do so many deals in a year, they recognize those individuals. Mm-hmm. But when I would tell people, yeah, I'm still active duty, it's like. Your active duty? It's like you reservist? No, no, active duty, and you're still doing these many transactions. Yeah. So yeah, in the past those three years consecutive in a row. So yeah. So so I mean, we were like so busy. He was doing traditional and early morning real estate, going to the army. I was looking, working on the flips, and together in the middle of the night, we're like figuring out these wholesales, and it was 
It was crazy. It's a lot of hustle. A lot of hustle for sure. Yeah. So then what were some of your struggles then in the very beginning of your process, right? Like, because you guys hit the ground running on the traditional side, then you guys started flipping and you guys started wholesaling. What were some of the challenges along the way? Some of the challenges that we found was that, um, you know, of course, if we would have had someone we could turn to and say, hey, how do you do this, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, it would have gone a lot smoother. And, and we didn't have that one in part because, you know, truth be told, a lot of people already knew us and, and we kind of felt a little weird about asking somebody, how do you do this? You know, well, we, we should have just passed, you know? Yeah. And, and so that was, uh, that believe it or not, that was a struggle for us because we had to humble ourselves. And mm -hmm. so we just took more time in learning how to do it than we should have. So that was, that was a struggle yeah, that we, I wish we could have saved a lot of time and we just, yeah. Ask for help, right? Ask for a mentor. Ask for someone. Hey, yeah. what are you doing, and how can we get there quicker? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No point in reinventing the wheel. So, you guys, do you guys have a mentor now? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I mean, we started following. Like, I'm gonna tell you something. I told you this. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to you. So, even up until last year, we really didn't. We we're just so busy. We knew the players in San Antonio, but we didn't. You know, you know, we didn't know about all this stuff that was happening in Phoenix and. Florida and all we didn't know about Maxwell. We didn't know none of this stuff. And so one of our guys went to uh he went to I think uh see Brent Daniels and he came back and he started telling me all this stuff, you know, and I was like, eh, everybody does it different, you know. <laughs> that was my first reaction. Yeah. But then change. But then I started researching and I started hearing names. We started looking at stuff and then your name came up and we started watching, you know, podcasts and mm -hmm. stuff and we we're like I told Michael, I said, "Man, dude, what? Man, we're so we're we're so far behind, man. Yeah. And we thought we were actually doing damage, you know. And we 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 understood that we're just, you know, we weren't doing as much as we could be doing. So we started making a transition. I started telling everybody last October and November that we were going to start switching over to a new system. And, and it actually took us longer to get there. And then when we saw, we went to well, I think it was." We live, right? Mm -hmm. And you were there. Yep. And 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 we saw all these different people just giving and sharing and this system and that system and this system. We're like, we actually felt like we're out of place. Yeah. We actually had a private conversation about that. We did have a private conversation. Yeah. About you that. felt like you were really far behind. I felt like we were like a year and a half behind. Yeah. Which I would say is not true because you guys were doing damage. You might not have been doing the damage you wanted to be doing. Yeah. Maybe you felt like you weren't fulfilling your potential. Maybe with the systems and processes. Yeah. That's probably what it, probably what we meant. Yeah, I mean, we 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 uh, you know, we were doing stuff the old school way. Old school. Yeah, like old know, school. Old school. And, and and you know, we had a we had a lot of people come through our office. We love all those people to this day. Mm -hmm. At one point, we had up to sixty-eight people in our office. Yeah. And 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 you know, what happened is Michael and I were like had bags in our eyes. Because when you have that many people, you know, and bless their hearts, but everybody's just, you know, just, it, I'm not going to say they were taking because they weren't. They, they just wanted knowledge, you know, they, mm. and a lot of them did bring deals to the table. But when you have that type of system, you can't sustain yourself. No, so not scalable. You can't. Right. So we would ask people for effort and character, and all were welcome. Everybody in San Antonio is. But when we started asking for commitment, because we we're gonna change to this new system, you know, that, that I've discussed with you. And, you know, a lot of people just started falling off, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, you know, because commitment is hard, you know. So yeah. when you're talking about old school, what would be an example of what you guys are doing that you considered old school? Man, 
we were I was training people how to find properties, like target properties. So, you know, we would we would also get lists, right? But I would show people how to look at those lists and and, and figure out which properties we wanted to go after. Like for example, you know, not for example, right now I tell everybody, if you only made five thousand dollars a month, it would change your life. Because people were making $25 an hour working at a professional office don't even make that by the time they take out taxes and insurance and everything. Mm-hmm. I said, let me show you how simple it is. Okay, you look for a subject two, and then you you look for properties in a new build, you know, whether, 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 whether it's a new uh, community, the builder's still building. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Now this military city USA, go after the military individuals. They got about four years to be here before they PCS out. Normally, they buy a house within two years. Let me just think about this. So you start knocking on their door. You start dropping flyers. You start meeting with them. And you let them know, look, if at some point you need to PCS out and your agent told you you can't sell your house unless you got to put money out, say, look, I have an option for you. Mm-hmm. And that option is a subject too. Why? Because what's going to happen is that agent is going to tell him, that he can't, he can't sell his house unless he comes out of pocket or he increases the sales price to compete with the builder. Mm-hmm. But, but a new homeowner is going to want to go with the builder because right. they're giving them everything. So what happens to a lot of vets is they either become long-distance you know, landlords and they lose the property yeah, they don't like or they that. get the foreclosure. We step in and we take over that property and it does have no equity, but it's, it's in pristine condition in most cases. You know, we get to, in most cases, they're not behind on payments, so we get to make money off the down payment when we resell them, and we make money on the passive income and the equity position as, as our balance goes down faster than theirs when, yeah. when, we, when we wrap it out. But what happens is for the individuals who are finding those deals, you know, they're making five to $7,000 on each one, which is beautiful because if you're doing two of those a month, mm-hmm. that's, that's some good money. Yeah, you're six figures already. That's, it's so easy, I tell everybody, it's so easy to make money if you just think about you know, I'm, I'm showing you how to do it, right. the, the blueprint, or some, just one aspect of real estate investing. So do you still feel that's old school, though? I would say that's still uh, pretty yeah. relevant. Well, the way some of the old school stuff, I would say, is we're talking about Excel spreadsheets. Mm. Yeah. We're talking about get your phone, skip oh, trace the number yourself, yeah. right? White go to Bid Verified, go to White Pages, right. right? Truth Finder, John Smith, okay, eight numbers. Number one? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that. Really? That's cool, old yeah. school. You guys are so doing that? Yes. We're doing that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, so, yeah. so now that's we're like, school. I order. And that's uh, what we're teaching those people to do. Now yeah. I order like 15,000 leads. I'll get them like in 10 minutes, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> back then, it was like we had people doing this. It was like, and, and, I, and, and I understand, you know, why it was so labor intensive, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let me ask you a couple of questions here that are specific to this, right? So you're talking to a veteran who's got no equity. So you do a sub two. Now, he doesn't have that VA eligibility anymore, if I understand correctly. No, they do. They yes. have bonus. They got. They have a bonus entitlement. So how does that work? So what happens is, whenever they, whenever they PCS, PCS out. Anymore, you wanna, for the people that don't know what PCS is. PCS, right? So when a veteran or a soldier or a military individual, when they go to a duty station, that's their permanent duty station. When they PCS, that means they're gonna do a permanent change of station. Mm. So when I PCS to Fort Sam. That was my my station, and if I was going to PCS or uh, get orders to go to El Paso, that's a PCS. That's mm-hmm. a, a transfer move. Gotcha. So, so we now, tell- when you have a property, let's just say in San Antonio, uh, I think the VA eligibility is what four thirty four. 
about four hundred thirty-four. Yeah. That ballpark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ballpark is just four hundred thirty-four. So if they bought a two hundred thousand dollar house, and they PCS to El Paso, they still have what he said the bonus entitlement. You can still purchase another property. But actually, they can. You don't need. They don't even need to use the bonus entitlement. A lot of people don't know about that. They can. If they move, even if they were to rent that property, right, and they move, let's just say to South Dakota. They would just have to show the lender that they're renting the property. Now, if they're going to sub to it to us, they would show the lender, you know, our documents, and then we would put their lender in contact with our uh, escrow specialist who handles all our notes so they can see that he's not making those payments. Even though the note is in his name, mm-hmm. they'll still do another loan for him. Now, what I mean by bonus entitlement, a lot of people don't know. Let's just say you're in the same city. You know, veterans have what they call bonus entitlements, so above 144000 So as long as they're upgrading they can still buy another property even in the same city. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, and then you're, you're buying a sub two. How are you moving the property after you buy a sub two? Is it something you're keeping? Is it another sub, like another wrap? Like what are you guys doing with the exit on a sub two? Nine times out of 10, we're gonna keep those properties. Now the property has a lot of equity, you know, and we've done those before when we get those, we'll fix and flip them and I'll go into that if you want. But most of the time, we're going to keep those. We're going to portfolio them. We're going to wrap those properties. Mm. So for us, it just depends. If, if we're getting a property that's, you know, a no reinstatement, that has no reinstatement, that's the best deal. We always share that with people. Why? Because we're not having to pay a reinstatement, and we're targeting properties that are four years old or five years old. There's no rehab. Mm-hmm. So for us, those are the ones we pay the most on. But when we sell them, we sell them at a small premium, we're able to get a down payment, so we're making down payment money, plus we're making yeah. passive income. If, if their payment is 1500 and the payment that they're paying us is, you know, let's just say 1950 then, you know, we're making about four to $500 on, the, on those deals. Plus, gotcha. equity position over time, because we're in this for the long haul, equity position over time, our loan, our underlying lien is going to go down faster than theirs. See? Mm-hmm. So we don't mind carrying these notes for a long time, because we're, yeah. we're in it for the for the long haul. And you're selling it as a sub two agreement for sale? How are you guys doing that? It's, uh, it's owner finance. It's a wraparound. Owner yeah. finance. Yeah. Wraparound. Yeah. Now, every so often, maybe one out of every 15 houses will do a rental. Yeah. The yeah. only reason why I ask is like Marco and Hillary were on the show and they're talking about they were getting hit with taxes, tax consequences when they sold the properties. So they're paying taxes on unrealized gains. And that was always, that's always been the back of my mind, right? Like if I buy a property sub two and I sell it. Sell it right then there, like a, a flip or something or? Uh, no, I think it was it was like a, I don't remember. Auto finance? Yeah, it was something along those lines huh. where, you, because you're you're getting the value today even though you're not really getting yeah, it. Yeah. So, with our tax guy, now correct me if I'm wrong because yeah. we met with them more than once, right? So when we sell to a house and the the balance is two hundred grand, and we sell it for two forty, he's looking at that portion. Mm-hmm. But now he's also looking at the money we spent to get the deal. Right. The marketing, the wholesale fee. So it really narrows down. Yeah. Uh, to that much. So I'm yeah. curious to, to go back to uh, see what they were talking about. And, yeah. we're, and we're writing off the interest off, off the interest. first loan. So. Yeah. so you get the 1098s on both, and you compound that with your tax guy. Yeah. yeah. So there's something that I'll, I'll get clarity because it's something that's always been in the back of my mind. So um, you guys are in San Antonio. So, uh, you know, we just mentioned Marco and Hillary. Quentin's out there. JR, who's in the studio today, yeah. is out there. So, so how's your comp- how is your guys' business different than your peers in San Antonio? Well... Of course, you, know, you had Quentin here, you know, we're friends with him and Mark mm-hmm. and Hillary, and there's a lot of the people that we work with, but truth be told, we've never, we've never actually had to compete with anybody. I mean, because everybody kind of has their own spear. And, and the only thing I can say about our, the way we run our shop is we're team 
based oriented. And I want to say at least those two companies are that I know, because I know them personally. Mm-hmm. Everything for us is about our team, you know. Yeah. And it's not about just Mike and Charles. So shout out to uh, HBHS out there, if you don't mind me. Yeah. Oh, no, please that. do, please do. Uh, I mean, I met, I met the crew, you know, right. in yeah. Houston. I mean, uh, our team is, uh, I mean, they're, they're awesome, so. Yeah, the competition, I mean, like I said, Q, he does his thing. Hillco, they do their thing. We all do, we've done deals together where, like Charles said uh, before the uh, podcast, where it's just, hey, let's work this deal together. Joint venture agreement, nah, we got you. You trust yeah. us, we, we, we trust you. We've actually done high-dollar deals, yeah. like, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 deals where there's nothing written on paper. You know, Hillco's done those, they pay us. We've done those, we pay them. Yeah. We've, done th- we've done those with Q. We have nothing written on paper. It's all off-sheet PLC. Yeah, I've actually had someone ask us that question, right? Like, what kind of documentation, what should you do? And I always say, get everything in writing. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never done anything right. Everything's always been a handshake out here. Handshake, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, everything should be in writing. You, you, well, <laughs> I always tell everybody, you get one shot to burn me. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you the trust level. I think you're stand up. But if you burn me one time, you know, shame on you. So When it comes to the uh, competition, I think we're, I don't know how it came to be. But I think we're someone known for sub twos. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, Q usually pushes a lot of his wholesale deals that are sub twos our way. Same thing with uh, with Mark and Hillary. Whenever they get a sub two, I would think they push they push them our way, and we usually buy them and we do what we do. Yeah. We normally don't buy like wholesale deals from other right. wholesalers. We have our own people. We're fighting our own deals. But yeah, I kind of I I, I kind of wish we weren't just known for that. But you know, that's mainly in San Antonio. Everybody knows. It's better to be known for a niche. Right. Niche, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then let's talk about that, right? So you guys are wholesaling, flipping. Are you still doing traditional real estate? Mm-hmm. Still doing. Uh, not as much as I used to. Yeah. Like not back then, two, three years, we were looking at 60, 70 transactions a year. I think this year, as of January 1st to now, I'm around 33, 34. So a lot. It's still pretty busy. Yeah. I mean, that's still but like the average still does lot. like three a year. Three a year. You're yeah. doing three a month. Yeah. Uh, so how much of your business is traditional, wholesaling? Flipping, uh, sub two. Break it down, right? Yeah. Man. Well, I'll tell you right now, at 100%, I would say about 10 to 15% is traditional. Mm-hmm. The 85 would be broken down to yeah. the wholesaling, the sub two is the flipping. Out of the 85, I would say 50% is wholesales mm-hmm. with a team at the office, the boiler room with Manny Cash and all the, everyone we have in the office, Maverick. The remaining 35 is the flips and the sub twos. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes so 50 sense. wholesale, so 35 flips and sub twos, and then 15. So we have team-based deals, you know, but the office knows this too, you know, like me and Mike and I, we also do our own deals, you know, like uh, separate from the office. separate yeah. deals, you know, mm-hmm. and we share this with them because, you know, they need to know that, hey, you guys need to outpace us. We, you know, there's a lot more of you guys than there is of us. How, you know, don't ever let us outpace you. Because yeah. we, we share that with them because one, it incentivizes them, but at the same time, you know, we know that, you know, cause the one thing about HBHS that we've turned it into is every single person that w- that's there understands that we're all moving towards something bigger. Mm-hmm. So we don't run our company like this, you know. Of course, Mike and I can be up there and say, hey, we run this company, right? We run our, we want to run a company like this, you know. Every single individual there has a shot to make it big. They just gotta learn, put their time in, and 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 bring it. You know, like yeah. Mike says, turn up the hustle. So they all have tasks, and so Mike and I, 
you know, we do different things. I do more acquisitions. Mike does more dispositions. Mike and I's job is, you know, uh, making sure that, that whole system is working and that everyone, that everyone, you know, showing people that they can believe in something that take them somewhere else. Yeah. You know, I've told everybody in my office, if you want to be a millionaire, okay, you're in the right place. Cause we're gonna we're gonna go there together. I'm not taking you there. Mm. I'm not gonna take you there, man. But if you believe you can get there, then you're here. If you don't believe that, then you need to get your stuff and walk out that door. You see, because you can't be in an area where other people are working towards something else. Yeah. So every single I want to say, oh, every single person in my office, they believe they're all gonna be millionaires, and and, and I don't doubt that we all will. Because we've outpaced every single goal that we that we that we set. The scary part was when I told you, you know, you know, July, August, September. You know, we made a big change and we mm-hmm. went fully automated, and we took it on the chin a little bit. But they've all embraced the new systems. The we've not only the softwares, everything that we're doing, and so, yeah. you know, I think I don't know. Going back to your original question was, I think that's maybe a difference in our office. You know. Yeah. Everyone believes. Well, I think so. One thing here, like, even Marco just asked this question. Like, it seems like culture, I'm, I'm seeing some of, the, some of the comments here. The theme here is you guys have an amazing culture. Are you guys, is that a fair assessment? I would yeah. say so, yeah. Okay. We've been so, told that multiple times. So then how are you guys building that culture? What, what things are you doing intentionally to develop a strong culture? I would go off with, with that, with that thing he did earlier, the, the tip of the spear, right? It's, it's it's the we I like you know we've been hanging out with Daniel from Propelli a lot, um, and he has that we not me mentality. Mm-hmm. That can be really driven really hard. For when the people at the office look at us like man these guys it's not them it's us, mm-hmm. right? When we're teaching someone we share everything and anything that we do for the past eight years from our failures to our success, our tips our tick uh, tips and tricks. We anything that we have we'll give it to our people all day every day. So we really want them to grow. Now, of course, it, it helps when we have individuals like Frank Tovar, mm-hmm. who's the uh, uh, the manager for the uh, company. He brings a different type of culture. Yeah. You got Manny Cash, who's young hustler, entrepreneur, came from Venezuela. Man. You know, hustle. That's that's him. Mm-hmm. His mindset, what he shares, he's in charge of the boiler room. The the culture that he he puts in the boiler room is a big difference. Offshore and onshore. Yeah. And with the the Philippines, I mean, it's a big difference. I just think everyone has a unique set of abilities, and when you put it all together, but, it just makes sense. But not only that, you know, they all have seen us. I tell them, man, I'll bleed with you, man. If you want, if, if we gotta find somebody, if we gotta do something, if we if we're gonna work on something, if we gotta be here at three o'clock in the morning, I'm here, man. I'm here for you. Don't expect me to do it for you. Let's do it together. Yeah. And 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 that's I think a big theme for us, you know. Like for example, like Frank and Manny, we're so blessed, you know. I want to say that we got other people in the office, like Maverick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got he, the young guns right here that we just brought. Alejandro, he runs our SMS. He was really he wanted to come meet you and stuff, so we brought him. But you know, these guys came into our lives. They have been watching us, you know, and and little by little, they just started changing things as we started losing. The old people, these guys rose up, and and you know Frank Tovar, man, guy, he does stuff in our office that I just don't like. 
right? I'm like, how did this get done, you know? And he's that guy, man. You don't have to ask him to do it. He just it just gets done. You so know? it sounds like you guys are all empowered as well. They're all empowered. Right. You know, we we we're real strong about. We have we have two meetings a week. We're really big on share your ideas. What are your strengths? Like for example, we had we have another small crew. Look, it's not all peaches and cream. There's there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of struggling going on. I tell my people <laughs> this in meetings every day. Man, just survive, man. Find a way in this company, and I, I let me back up. I tell everybody, and, and, and if they're watching, I tell them this. Dude, you're in the game, man. Uh, HPHS, whether anybody else likes it or not, is in the league. Mm-hmm. We, we're playing ball. You're in the game. You got a suit. You got the chance to go out there and show out. Just survive, man. Because mm-hmm. when we get to the playoffs or we get to the pennant, you're going to be there. You're going to make it. You see, you're going to make it with us. So I tell them to survive. If, it, if that's all you can do, survive. But what we try to do at the same time is what is it that you do that's good, that can bring something into the company that can help you get to another level. So we have some guys that are really good at making music. You know, we have some guys that are really good, you know, at soundboards and, and, and creative content. So we try to incorporate all that stuff with them, like Carlos and Martin and, and Maverick and... We try to incorporate that stuff so they can, so they can be part of our system. At the same time, you know, get deals, run deals with us, and and, and survive so they can make it to the next step. You yeah. see, everybody's going to be at different stages. You know, for example, Manny Cash, he didn't get a deal for eight months, and he would come in, and honestly, I say this to everybody, with the exception of Mike, Manny Cash is the only person who I've ever trained who did everything exactly the way I told him to do it. And he would come in, he would take notes, and a lot of people tell me, well, Charles, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I said, what you do is, is go talk to Manny Cash and you follow that example. Because if, if you can't do, for example, what he did, you know, it, it's, it's persevere, you're in, you're in the wrong place. Right. You know, the guy didn't get a deal for eight months, and then he got one deal, and then another two months passed, and he got another deal, and now it seems like every week contract. It's, it's contract, contract, yeah. you know, and, and uh, well, I love that guy. Man. I love all my people. You know, all you guys watching, I love all of them. But, but they're all in different stages, you know. That's yeah. that's what builds the culture, though, because then you got some other individuals like Eli. Yeah. Who, oh, Eli, from when we were doing this, let's just say two years ago, we were trying to handle all the wholesales, all the contracts, all the title work. And then we had the 68 individuals, and we were still doing flips. But you get someone like Eli he takes over the the flips, right? So the day-to-day operations, the budgeting, we just show up, oh, cool, it's done? All right. It's not that, I mean, we do very very important. But yeah. He know. does the day-to-day operations. We have individuals like Mario, yeah. uh, who handles all of our data. Well, Mario, the thing about Mario, Mario's been with us the longest. But let me get this back to Eli. Eli, man, he's a beautiful guy. I love that dude. He's now taking over our transactions department also, and flips, you know? He, he'll, he'll just get in there, man. Just be so specific on every little thing. And we're so blessed to have every, people like this. Mario, he's an analyst for a large company. He's a professional. But he's been with us for a long time. He actually learned the old school way. And he's actually popped some of the biggest deals we've had. Like, for old example, the one that I sent you, mm-hmm. over 100000 He He was actually involved in that deal. But he, he, he's, he's able to find people where, where you know, others can't. Yeah. And he handles data. And finally, he's come on board and said, hey, 
It's time, man. I told him, Mario, it's time. Dude. I need you, man. So now he's come on board. He's going to handle all data. Going to handle investors. Is he the one that sent me the HUDs? No, I did. <laughs> well, I know you sent me the HUDs. No, I put it together. You I put, put it together? I so, put it together. So I just want to make this point here because I asked everyone for settlement statements. So that was a development that started last year. And I was kind of like enforcing it here and there, but wasn't really enforcing it hard. And then for reasons I won't discuss, had to enforce it a lot harder. And so I asked you for settlement statements and then you sent me an email and the file was so big that he couldn't email it to me. He had to send it on one of those big file things. Yeah. Dropbox or something? It wasn't even Dropbox. It was, it was like a, a program that it was, goes to a different website where you can download the file. So, and the reason why he sent me a hundred pages. It was 297 pages. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 297 pages of HUT. So, you know, if, you, if there's any question at all about whether you guys are doing deals, you got 297 HUDs or 297 pages worth of HUDs yeah. in my in And what my, I did is I, I tried, what I, what I did, uh, <laughs> if you ever go in there, I tried to break it down for you. Like, Let me get a chance and you review it all. Cool, we oh, did. I, I was going through, I was like, okay, page 30, that's still HUDs. And I keep going. Like, I'm, I was waiting for some fluff. I kept going. Like, no, there were yeah. no fluff. There was no fluff. They're all HUDs. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of other stuff in there I showed you, like sub twos, and we had at the time I think we had like eight properties on the market, and I can think and we still have like twelve properties on the market right now. Yeah, yeah. we had about twelve properties all on the market: El Paso, Laredo, yeah. San Antonio. Yeah, we don't like to bolster anything. We just want to hustle, man. You know. No, you don't boast, just but you just send the most huds out of everybody. No big deal. So, <laughs> so, so let's go. Back to what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Like creative financing, or not beginning, but like one of the things we'll talk about uh, for the show, creative financing, and how you guys are using it to build your portfolio. So um, I guess, what is your vision? Like, do you have a number as far as like passive income or number of properties? Like, what is your guys' end well, goal? I like to answer this question first because I always think everyone's a little different, right? So mm -hmm. Charles has, unfortunately, a couple of years on me, right? <laughs> Let's say quite a few years Two on me. Two or three. Two or three decades right <laughs> <laughs> so his goal is gonna be different than my goal sure and we have investors that come to our office that invest with us and every time I talk to them because I usually handle the financing part so when I'm talking to a private investor like yeah your goal is gonna be different than my goal uh, so when it comes to portfolio properties I have a portfolio Charles has a portfolio and then together we have a quite decent portfolio mm -hmm. uh, for me I, I don't know if there's a number it just keeps going now Charles is not so much a fan of rentals, and I have a few rentals, and the reason I have a few rentals is, is for my kids. Mm -hmm. right? So when they turn a certain age, I can then take that rental, a tennis paint it down, that was just sub two to be honest with you, and we just sell it, we cash all the equity, and we can give it to that one kid, mm -hmm. and they can put a down payment on the house, whatever the case may be, college, to set them to go in life. Now Charles yeah. doesn't have kids, or well, he has kids, but they're older, right? So he's in a different stage of life, so his portfolio is on finance, on finance, for the retirement fund. So I told my wife, I said, look, you need to let me do this because yeah. we don't have a 401k, I lost all my money. Well, we need a bunch of houses so that when we get old, we'll have nice people helping us and not mean people slapping us, you know? Yeah. But with Michael, yeah, it was like, we come together on everything. Like for example, if he wants to keep a house, he gotta pay me. Believe that? Yeah, you gotta pay me, man. Oh, yeah, I, believe it. It. I got the same thing with my partner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so I gotta pay him. Too. You know, let, <laughs> so me, let me tell you the story. No, 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 let me tell no. you the story. So no, when he talks God, about this, he owes me money. Man. No, I don't owe him money. <laughs> right? So everything comes to HPS, right? So every time we do something, and he wants, hey Mike, you know, uh, I want to buy this 2019 Ford F-150, and I'm like, everything comes to HPS <laughs> because every time I get a house, 
that hey Charles uh, we got about five or six contracts today I'm gonna keep this one and this one and he goes <laughs> so I gotta pay him whatever the whole so what happened was yeah. in the early in the early thing it was 2013 or 14 we did this deal and uh, we put we both put seven thousand dollars to get the house and we're negotiating and uh, what do you think uh, and you know what I didn't catch it he came to me he goes what do you think we can wholesale this property for I was like I don't know man maybe 20 but let's just get rid of it let's just I don't know 15 and he says how about 10 you think we do 10 I'm like yeah let's do 10 he goes well you know I was thinking you know (laughs) so he was trying to hustle me right for 5,000 you know I'm like nah man I said I'll do 15 I ain't doing 10 (laughs) so Mind you, we had already put $7,000 a piece. Mm-hmm. So he gave me back, uh, he gave me back 10000 right? <clears throat> and I didn't think about it for a while. And then I was thinking one day, I was like, I felt like something was wrong with my bank account, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't put my finger on it. He gave me back my 7000 But he was supposed to pay me 7000 plus give me my 7000 mm-hmm. So he owes me 4000 yeah. To this day, he won't <laughs> get it. There's so, just so many deals he forgets. So, uh, but I... I we have the same thing, right? So Max, my partner and I, like we have in our contract, uh, it's 10,000, but we also give, uh, we have guys that work for us that don't actually need money. And they just want first look on deals. And so we tell them, it's the same thing. If you book the appointment, <coughs> you have the right to buy that property before even Max and I get to buy it. You just At have to pay. At the contract price or the wholesale? No. Whatever the wholesale, wholesale would have been. Whatever the wholesale would have been. The split version of it. Yeah. Okay. And they also get paid their 20% out of that total fee. Mm. But we give everyone <laughs> on our team the right uh, for first look as well. Mm. So it's not just Maxime getting first look. Like we get second look. Our guys are dialing at first look. So we have that set yeah. up agreement set up with our people. Like for example, if we end up keeping a property that one of the you know people in the office got right, we'll pay them the wholesale fee. Yeah. You know, not, we'll also give them the option. We'll say, hey, look. You want to run this deal with us, and then, for example, Mario and Eli has done that with us. Well, we if, we if they're willing to run dollar for dollar with us, we'll do the flip. Then at the end, you know, we just split. Everybody gets their money back, and we'll split. So we give them the opportunity to do that also because that's awesome. We want them to grow, you yeah. know, and and uh, they they get to learn too what we do. That's the best way to learn is through experience. I said you can read books all day long, yeah. but but you got to take action. I know a lot of guys that know a lot of stuff. But they never do deals. It's, um, I think one of the uh, uh, the mantras out there, you know, it's like, you know, go ahead and le- good luck learning how to swim. Yeah. Reading a book. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Without doing it. Yeah. So, jumping in the water. So, going back to creative financing, though. So, what are some of the ways? So, we talked about sub two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys talked about private money. So, raising private money, raising capital. How are you guys raising private capital? So, right now, Actually, we're in the mid. It's like we've actually outgrown, you know, our capital investors. You know, so we're actually, you know, we've been doing a lot of lunch and learns at cost because, of course, you know, to attract people, you have to let people know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of these lunch and learns because in the mid is, you know, of course, we're hoping that we will find those individuals that we need to find that are, you know, looking to make money with HPHS. So we do this with flips, you know, JVs. And we've we're actually uh, we're actually right now passive investors on what 152 unit apartment mm-hmm. complex in Dallas, Fourth. but we're looking also to you know syndicate 
our own, so we're mm -hmm. always looking for apartments. We have those people in place. But when we're looking to continue to put properties away, you know, at a higher pace instead of, you know, three or four, but maybe do six, seven, you know, every 45 days, you know, that's a lot of money, especially when, like this past month, we had to pay 12 mortgages, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that comes right out of our pocket. But when you get investors involved, for example, let's just say we pick up a property and there's a reinstatement of, you know, I don't know, let's say 15 and the wholesaler wants five, you're already into a 20. And then you got the closing, usually about $1,000, you're into 21. We usually target newer homes, there's hardly any rehab. But let's just say all in, we're 25. Now the going rate in San Antonio is $20,000 down. So now we're floating five. But if we bring in an investor who will fund the whole transaction, let's just say we, because the market's kind of changing right now. So let's just say we end up taking 15 from a down on a down payment, now we're floating 10. But if the investors wouldn't take 10% interest on their money, over six or 16 months or 36 months that's great because the passive income on that deal is going to be anywhere from four to five we take those funds and let our investor just cash you know mm -hmm. just just cash flow on that we don't have to make money on those deals because we're in it for the long haul right so we we enjoy when we have investors who come in and just want to make money on their money yeah it doesn't bother us and so lunch and learn you said it's how you're finding those guys well we decided to do lunch and learns because we wanted to share what we do for one it gives us the opportunity also to uh, let our guys meet people. We tell all our people, we want each and every one of you guys to have your own identity. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have your own identity, you can be strong, people will refer you deals. So we do that for them. We do it so we, we want, of course, the public to know what we do. In the midst of that, not only will we get deals because we do, but we're also hoping that we can find, you know, you know some of these capital investors that we need to continue to, to continue to grow because we've actually kind of outgrown you know our investors you know, at this point yeah, the when you say outgrown your investors what do you mean capital wise capital wise you know i mean uh you know we're looking to do a lot more you know that they're that they can you know saying we have some investors that are you know four hundred thousand you know three hundred thousand mm -hmm. you know hundred fifty thousand five hundred thousand but you know we we're at, at a pace you know that we need to do more. And oh, you're saying you you're, you got more opportunities than your investors can fund, right? Gotcha. Yes, at this point. Okay, you're yeah. gonna say something? Uh, no, just the uh, they're old buddies, pretty much, right? Old buddies of Charles for the most part. Um, yeah. Social media helps. Mm -hmm. Social media helps. We'll get individuals come in. Hey man, I see you guys are doing this. How can I make money on my money? You got individuals like Maverick. Uh, his wife works for a doctor's office. She just told us the other day she wants to invest three hundred or so. Well, I think 400. We're, we're real selective, too. Right. I mean, like, a, like, for example, on the subject twos, unless we're actually contracting directly with the homeowner and meeting with the homeowner and making sure the disclosures are getting done and disclaimers with the attorney, we won't do the deal. Mm -hmm. We you know, we have to feel good about that person. Sure. And, um, and, and the same thing with our buyers and same thing with our investors, you know. The last thing we want is to have someone not being able to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. if that's the worst thing you can do. And that's another reason, for example, all our deals that we do, every single deal that we do, we never collect cash on it. Not oh, that Mike mean? and I would do the wrong thing, but you see, whenever you have your hand in the cookie jar, mm -hmm. right, and make anything becomes easy. So what we do is we take that element out. So every single property that we have that's wrapped or, or, or that are rentals, we have a third party company out of Utah that collects those funds, mm -hmm. you see? So that way, the person who's uh, buying the property 
knows that those funds are being allocated correctly mm -hmm. and the people that we took the property from knows that's actually happening and they all right. get receipts we get the receipt they get their 1098 we get our 1098 is a servicing company no servicing, servicing yeah. company so in utah in utah not texas huh yeah yeah utah they're good is there a reason why uh they're good they're good yeah they're okay. good uh, we start with them back then and because they have they, all our files, we just continue to use them. They've always done a good job, and uh, we don't get endorsed by them. We should. Yeah, we should because we have <laughs> a lot of their names quite a few times. But yeah. They're really good, and um, and uh, they they've never done us wrong, right? So yeah, no. yeah, and they've been around since I think 1988. Gotcha. Um, so going back to the question I was asking earlier, as far as the end game, so you don't have like a specific property count or me personally. Income. I think just let's just my keep it going. My end game is. You know, I told Michael, because, you know, when, when, when my, me and Michael first decided to create this company, we knew there was a big hurdle coming. And that was that he needed to uh, make a decision whether he was going to go, you know, and do his 20 in the Army or not re-enlist. I told him, look, at that, right around that time, they had changed the rules of, you know, uh, how many years you had to be a real estate agent before you can become a broker. I told Mike, look, let's not think about that right now. Let's just ground and pound and put your time in so you can get your broker's license, right? Mm -hmm. And we know right around that time was going to be his re-enlistment. His re I said, when that day comes, you make your decision. What do you want to do? When that day came, it was a struggle for him because he had captains and majors and generals. And Michael, I don't know if you know this, you don't mind me saying, you know, but Michael was a medic in the Army. He saved a lot of lives. Yeah. So he, so he has a lot of friends that you know travel from all over to come and just talk to him sometimes and so it was really hard for him so i told michael around that time i said look man i'm older but i feel like i got about 15 years before people will just be not pay attention to me i said i will dedicate these 15 years to this which are my last this is my last run mm -hmm. my last hoorah you know i ain't got yeah. no i ain't got no other i'm doing something else mm -mm. it's no plan b so I'm either, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, right? And you make your decision, what do you want to do? And then he came to me one day, he said, man, let's do this. And so my, my end strategy is, at, you know, is put enough properties away so that my wife and I can live comfortably, leave something to my son, leave something to my grandchildren, and, and eventually be able to walk away and you know, just have you know, residual income and and have him cash me out something big. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so, and the reason why I'm asking this question is because going back to the title, right? Like you're building a portfolio through creative financing. So, I mean, this is a personal question, but like, what what does your portfolio look like today? It's you know, when we tell people, they get a little freaked out. But I don't think it's there's people that are way bigger than us. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're we're sixty six houses. Sixty six houses. Yeah. It's not a big number, but people. It's perspective, right? I, I hope it's I hope it's respectable. You know. Yeah. You know. I was just saying, like some people look at sixty six, like man, that's a ridiculous number. Other people say that's it, right? So it's like yeah. it's all. It just depends. It's all you know, depends on where you are in your career. A lot of people will say, when we first started, why are you putting these properties away? You know, making thirty four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's I get when it. When we first started, like, why are you doing that for three hundred dollars? Because yeah. I mean, the majority of them are all seventy two wraps. Yeah. But I mean, times it by sixty six. You know, yeah, but, but but pretty well. Our average is around four fifty to five fifty. So we it? got some that pay seven hundred, yeah. six hundred. I think our best one pays seven ninety two. Yeah. yeah, but that allows us. We put a lot of those funds 
into the company. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and so and it allows us to do what we want to do also. We'll so buy another property. But just our, our 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 big scheme is to get into the multifamily and, and take down some apartments, you know. You know, whether we feel that we we feel we're in a position to lead a syndication, you know, with maybe, you know, hundred units, hundred and fifty units. So that's that's what we're also working on right now. Um so going through some questions here and guys again I apologize. We did a lot of talking. So uh, Josh Hanks wants to know what loan types can you do a subject to on? So what can you do? We do them all. Yeah, the only ones we won't do is um, what's the one the the people pass away forget uh, reverse mortgages. Yeah, yeah, we, won't we won't do reverse, do reverse mortgages. mortgages. We won't do reverse mortgages, and we won't do a sub two on an owner finance transaction transaction already. Yeah. But conventional FHA, VA, USDA. How you guys do an FHA? We take them into uh, into land trust. Land trust, and we we'll just wrap them. Gotcha. Now, I mean, if the nose performing, shouldn't be, shouldn't be no issues. But I mean, we'll some things that we talked about this on the on the lunch and learn yesterday, mm -hmm. and people will only know this if they've done a lot of subject twos right. or they've been in the business a while. Like some things, you got to be careful about. For example, the modifications. You know, you got to read the paperwork or the modifications. You know, because you know, Talking about where it resets. Yeah, like when we get when we get a property, sometimes those modifications. You know, we're looking at one. If you're not reading the documents on them. You know that modification might only be for ten years, mm -hmm. or, for example, this is a uh, big one. This is, this is like huge. That we got caught with our pants down on this one. You know, let's just say somebody had an eighty twenty from the past, and and the second note was charged off, and here you are paying the modification. You know, for th these ten years, and you think everything's gravy, all of a sudden the second comes back. The lender comes yeah. back and says, "Hey." You need to pay $35,000 on the second note. You're like, what are you talking about? It was charged off. They said, no, 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 it wasn't written off. And now you got equity. So now either you pay off this, you know, you pay off this lien, refinance it or whatever, or we're going to foreclose. And we didn't realize that because, you know, you got to do a lot of, it's not something people are talking about. Mm -hmm. The other one is having a non-performing silent HUD loan where they, you know, they'll take, you know, that 20 and they'll just put it dormant over here. You don't have to pay it to like 1946. Mm -hmm. pick, up, pick up one of those, you think you're catching a good deal, and all of a sudden you have $46,000 loan you didn't account for. That's the problem. So you don't, people don't know that stuff yeah. unless you're actually doing right. a lot of deals. So balloon yeah. payments in the future. Yeah, we yeah. definitely want to look Long at all future. the notes. Yeah, yeah. we want to look at the notes. You know, we don't, I mean, when we do our subject to, we do our due diligence, look at the notes. We ask uh, if there was a modification done, we'll look at the, the deed records, make sure there wasn't a second deed of trust. Due to that modification recorded, because mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the sellers won't tell us. They won't oh, tell us why. Sellers are lying. That's weird. Sellers are liars. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. They lie. Uh, <laughs> so when we pull up, hey, we saw your second deed of trust. There's, oh, I forgot about that. So when you look at it, oh, that's an yeah. extra thirty-two thousand dollars. Yeah. That's we'll due in five years. Yeah. But we look for everything: HOA, yeah. leans, water, softener, you know, water solar softeners, panels. solar panels. You know, you got to because all that debt. yeah, yeah. Uh, so a question here uh, from Warren Adcock is: If you were to start over today, what would you do differently? I, I call Steve Chang, man. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch Steve Chang's show, man. <laughs> Trust me, man. From podcast number one to this podcast. From seriously, I'm not even, I told you this before. We had a private conversation mm -hmm. on the phone, and, and I told you this. I meant it. And we started watching your show and all the awesome people that you bring on here, and it was like it was like a light bulb, a big light bulb just turning our heads, you know, and we're like, what? We felt like we were like so f in ancient times, you know. Mm -hmm. We knew we had the hustle. We knew we had, we had everything, you know, 
moving forward. But watching your show, and I'm not just saying this. I've told you this before. Yeah. Five stars. And and, and uh, all the beautiful people you bring in here, man, just really, really helped, man. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I think also, though, you have the right people in your organization already to help you make that shift right like if you weren't leading them they, they weren't there i can't say enough about them people i love yeah. them i can't i don't know if i if i forgot anybody's name just know anybody who's it's an hphs i love you guys uh tang win says sellers are storytellers i think that's a <laughs> yeah. that's you good know, we, we we do some some type of deals i know we talked about one right here i'm gonna go ahead and drop it if you don't mind you oh, know please do that people don't really realize they can get into like for example the largest HUD that I sent you was an mm. LLC. We call it an LLC capture. Yeah. And a lot of people really don't know about this, but we actually will hunt for uh, LLCs who are defunct with the state. And people don't know this. And an LLC who's not active with the state cannot contract. Mm -hmm. But if they hold property, guess what? You can buy that LLC, and now you reinstate that LLC. Now you own the LLC, and now you can sell the property. There's a few more tricks that go into it, you know? Yeah. But those are beautiful deals. You those know? are also sell secret ninja tricks. You can also sell it FHA mm -hmm. because it's always been on the same LLC. Yeah. You don't have to wait the 91-day rule for the Oh, yeah, that's there. true. There's and you don't have the short-term games because yeah, the property doesn't, games. you know, you, the property never changed title. Mm -hmm. Another one, for example, this is real patient stuff. I have shown this to some people. Some will do it and some give up because real patient stuff. So, for example, we go, we Mike and I used to actually live on the on the Lineberger website, which is the tax foreclosures. Now we don't have as much time to do that, but everybody's like always going after the tax foreclosures, but there's not enough. So I tell everybody, don't concentrate on just those because there might be thirty properties, one that's good. So you, so you know, look at the rest of the state; it's all online. But I tell everybody, I said, look. You have these, at least in Texas, I don't know how it is here. You have at least three big companies in Texas that this, I think it's, is it Propel? Propel's one. And F FGMAC, there's another one. And so, so what they do, they lend people money for taxes. It's a, it's, it's a huge business, at least in Texas. So some losing their property, they'll step in and say, hey, I'll lend you 20000 30000 at a high interest rate plus, you know, plus, uh, commissions and then what happens is people don't realize now they got a big payment over here but next year taxes are coming again now they got that payment and if they don't pay they'll say hey i'll refinance you and what happens is you send you know if they, they got lent fifteen thousand, and in three years now they owe 35. you see i'm going to tell you guys something stop looking at the tax foreclosures and start looking online for the companies who are doing these deals mm -hmm. and guess what target those people you target those people. It's the same thing as buying a tax foreclosure. The only thing now is you're just paying off their note. Mm -hmm. You know, we target those, Michael, you know, mail $30,000 to one of these companies. And uh, I'll go talk to Michael and I'll ask him if he wants a fresh start. Now, those deals usually have a lot of equity, especially if they're in historical areas in San Antonio. So let's just say the property is worth 250000 He owes 30000 How about I offer him, you know, 40000 and I take over the property. All I'm going to do is pay them off. It would have been the same thing if I would have caught him before before he got into that loan. Mm -hmm. Those are beautiful deals, and nobody's going after them. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of competition there. I love it. Uh, Elizabeth Navarrete wants to know, what are you guys' goal for the future? To make HPHS a household name and to have every single one of our players, our people, become millionaires. Yeah, that's very important to us. Everyone on our team, we stressed that, you know, that when we, when we, met you, mm -hmm. when we saw you at a wholesale 
our people is very important to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we take them to Cardone. We took a, a select few to uh, 10X, right? We took a select few to Whole Scaling, as you saw. We're taking uh, six of them to uh, We're taking six of them to Rafael, Tampa, to Vargas, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's our people is very important to us. Yeah. I love it. Um, what are you guys' why? It's a good question. We've been chit-chatting about this for the past months or so. Uh, I'll let Charles go first. You know, everyone has a why, right? Well, should have a why. You know, but I grew up, man, in the the crappiest, you know, you know, bad places. You know, where, where was, I don't want to go into, it, but it was just bad. I made a lot of bad decisions in my life. You know, I grew up with the mentality of, you know, the fist, holding on to stuff, guarding against someone else. Mm -hmm. And it took me, it took me a long time, you know. You know, I went to school, you know, after making mistakes, and I graduated from uh, University of Texas, and I got to meet a whole other, just other people, man, that thought different, you know. And my son was second generation, you know, he graduated from UT, and... My, my whole mindset started changing. I started believing in that mindset. I started thinking I actively have to reprogram myself because it's hard growing up one way and then acting a different way. And, and, and it's giving, man. My why is not only do I want to, to leave something to my family, right? That's, that's a given, but this is what I want. Uh, if when The day when I go, this is, this is what I want. When the day when I go... I, I want, I would love to have people say, man, that guy right there, man, that guy, I hope Mike will say it, that guy right there, man, he started me on a path, and my whole life is different, you know, and that's my why, man, I believe in that, in giving, sharing, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, if there's water right here, I'm not gonna bring you the water, man, I'm gonna tell you where it's at, I'm not, you know, a soft guy, you know what I'm saying, Yeah. but you know that's that's my why. It's different from everybody else. Everybody might say, "Hey, you know, you know, I believe in God, or or I want to, you know, money. You know, of course I want money, but that's me, man. I want to go out. I want to go out, man. Just some people say that guy did the right thing, man. Yeah, I love it. What about you? My why? It's a whole different. It's a whole different story now. My why? You know, I think everyone's the same. Everyone wants, in my opinion, success. Right? Mm-hmm. Where I came from. It was very humble beginnings. Uh, my father came here from Mexico. So I'm well, first generation, right? First generation, uh, of course, minimum wage. My mom is hard of hearing. She's uh, almost deaf. So we used sign language to talk to her growing up. So when someone is hard of hearing, it's hard for them to, you know, succeed in the, in the workforce, right? Because of, of that disability. Sure. So you're talking about two minimum wage, uh, you know, poor beginnings, you know, all the good stuff. The, 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 the normal story you hear. Um, so for me, it's always good to like, hey, that guy, he made it, you know, he made something of himself, uh, the success, the portfolios, uh, from high school buddies and just outshining and outgrowing and hustle. I mean, we've been deeming this terminology the past couple of weeks or so is turning up the hustle, Mm -hmm. just hustle, hustle and grind, grind, grind. The legacy, you know, when we, when we're over and we're done with is like man that dude same thing with Charles said that dude he did something you know yeah you know his his family came from humble beginnings and he just did something different than staying in the system right he yeah. he he got out the workforce which not army his workforce is five to five and you get paid salary you work a hundred hours a week or forty hours a week, you're getting paid the same 
got out the workforce and did it as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So that, that's my why. And is doing that. And I'll tell you too. And, and Charles, don't Charles, Charles, Charles don't like me saying this, but uh, success, <laughs> success, money, and a lifestyle. But what is the thing? The lifestyle. You know, some people are like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be that way. I tell you, man, I want a Lamborghini. I want a Lamborghini. I want the lifestyle. We'll talk about it offline. We'll talk about it offline. Well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell it, man, but. To each your own, but when you have passive income, right? Now, I'm all about getting exotic cars. Just not the Lamborghini. I'm not the Lamborghini. I'm a Ferrari guy. Oh, anyway. See. Yeah, uh, it's a totally different topic. <laughs> but you want a Ferrari? I'm a Ferrari guy. I'm going to get a Tesla, but I'm a Ferrari guy. I thought you already had the Tesla. I can get a second Tesla. Anyway. See, uh, see, you can get two exotic cars. <laughs> I can get a Lamborghini. So what is your biggest struggle right now? The biggest struggle is dealing with this guy, man. You know, because <laughs> his, we're yin and yang, right? Yeah. He's fire and I'm ice, right? And I say that all the time. Everyone in the office knows this. You know, everyone you guys are seeing on camera, all those dudes, you know, our, our podcast. When we go on stage or we're on the podcast, sometimes there's a little bickering here and there. And mm-hmm. that's not a... It's not a script. It's not a script. You know, when you're dealing with this dude, <laughs> right, for six days of the week, yeah, twelve-hour days. Uh, sometimes when I go like this, so how do you guys resolve that? So let me tell you, his thing is, I see him as the, the vision, right? The vision. Hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And he comes into my office, Mike. Man, we're gonna start doing this. We're gonna start doing. Uh, the boardroom makes right now seventeen thousand phone calls. We're gonna ramp it up to seventy-five thousand phone calls. We do the SMS with Alejandro out there. We're gonna ramp that up. Right now we have nine VAs. We're getting 15 VAs. And I'm thinking in my head, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I see the bigger picture. Like you got to do all this before you get that. So he is the, the vision, and he implements, and I feel like I come in and organize. So, you know, for being in the Army for yeah. 12 years, right, military yeah. leadership, you know, being in charge of individuals at war, it, you, you want to see, I want to see things outlined. Mm-hmm. But teach your own, and that's the way he is. And I think that's how we became from where we're at now, I mean, back then to where we're at now because – I think we complement each other so well. But what's yeah. the struggle? That's the question. The struggle is dealing with them. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can definitely appreciate that because I'm a visionary, right? I come in, I make a mess. Yeah, I see. And <laughs> like his office is so neat. Yeah. And mine, I'm like, don't touch it. I know where everything's at. You know? Yeah, but the military planning, right? The military. You, you got to have it like, okay, here's here's well, here's what the operation looks like. Right. If this goes south, this is what we do. Exactly. Yeah, you have to have that. I am not that guy. His is like, <laughs> hey, we're here. Who cares about this? We yeah. gotta get here and let's get. That's where we're today. That's where we want to be. Let's go make it happen. Yeah, I'm but like, you know, no, <laughs> you gotta take down this but road. But you know, like we started making these changes. You know, it could have took a lot longer. But it's like I told Michael. I said, Michael, we we have to go. Mm-hmm. And we can't. You know, we can't wait two three months. We gotta go now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as like was like for example like Mario, you know, you know I, Mario comes in the office. We're there almost nightly, you know, and I was like, Mario, the time is now, HBH is time, it's now, you know. We have the right people in the right place, we're making moves. I need you, man, right now. I don't need you two years from now. You know, and hats off to Mario, and he's jumped in, you know, but, you know, not to get off topic, my struggle, man, my struggle is, um, I'll tell you what my struggle is, man, the honest truth. And, and I recently shared this with my office, um, a little personal it's two things I used to be really fit you know when the crash came you know I just gained a lot of weight and I haven't been able to lose it so I'm on a quest to to change that but that's been a struggle for me because you know back in the day you know I come from a family that are fat people so back in the day until I was like in my 40s my early 40s 
I was always very limited with what I ate and, and, and always in the gym. And, and you know, I know how much of a struggle that was, you know, and it's kind of hard to jump back into that because I know myself, you know, I'm, I have to be all the way in or all the way out. And so that's one of my struggles that I deal with, but I need to do it. And I've told my office, as a matter of fact, I just told them a couple of days ago, I said, look, moving forward, I said, you guys, I'm telling you, man, you guys have my permission, man, to put me in check. You know, I, I drink water, you know, no Cokes, no candy. I mean, I need your help, man. It was humbling myself. The other problem that I have, which is a struggle, and it's because of the weight, you know, I, I, I got sleep apnea. Which led to uh, what's it called? Uh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. So, so you know, it's, it's weird, man. And and because I could be, and I mean, I don't doze off or anything, but it's a struggle because I'm working on something and it's like just a fraction of a second, you know, and 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 it just happens, you know, and, and I struggle with that, and then I had to share that with my office and and. Uh, you know, but I'm, but it doesn't keep me from doing anything. It's just something that happens. And uh, so the objective is lose the weight, see if my goes away, and the doctors can treat me for the, what do you call it again? Narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. But they can't do it without, you know, with you still having trouble with the, with the apnea. Yeah. So that's my quest, you know. Uh, the other, the other, I guess, if anything else, my other struggle is dealing with this dude. You know, <laughs> four of the five struggles were with him. So, yeah, you know, but man, uh, you know, right, right now, what, what what about the struggle as an office? What do you think? The struggles in the office is like it's like I share with everybody. Look, not everybody's gonna have success overnight. Not everybody, not everybody is going to is is going to make it. You know, what I'm saying I tell them all the time. I said, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not weighing you down. I'm trying to empower empower you, so that you understand that. Everyone can make it if you're willing to go your distance. Mm -hmm. You see, your distance is is different from mine. You know, your distance may be that you got to work ten times harder than anyone else. I had this old gentleman in the office that, that's working with us. His name is Clint. Love that guy. Contract Clint and uh, contract Clint man. And he came into my office two months ago. He says, Charles, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not getting it. I don't know what to do. You know, I said, look, this is what you have to do. Focus on these things and understand one thing: that if you don't, if you if you are not as proficient as someone else, they work harder than everybody else. And he gets the most deals now than anybody. Why? Because he implemented a system, and now he's very, very comfortable with. He outworks everybody, you know. And and I, I share that with everyone, and I mean it. If you guys are watching out there, everybody's everybody's hole that you're going to dig is going to be different than anybody else. But if you're not willing to dig it for yourself, you know, you'll never know how close you got. Yeah. You know? Opportunities there for everybody. It's there for it's everybody, for season. It's just different. You know, everybody's, you know, some people have stuff going on at the house. Some people got, you know, personal problems. People got to survive. I said, I get it. I different said, upbringings, too. I mean, just different characters, yeah. you know. So, yeah, someone like Martin, and yeah, someone like Manny, yeah, someone like Clint, yeah, someone like Charles. It's just... Yeah. Opportunities there. Just like, we don't ask everybody. Like for Mike and I, like when my daughter was having her baby, like we're in there, True and story. she's like two two hours before she has the baby. Those are both babies. We're in there closing deals or talking to people, and my wife and my daughter are looking at me like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm getting married. I'm in the limo. I swear to God, I'm in the limo, and I'm closing a deal. My wife is like, really? You know, but that's that's. I have to tell you this one, man. Tell them about the funeral one. Man. Oh man, so we're at a funeral, man. 
I don't even say who because we're gonna get. I don't want to get people upset. We're at a funeral, and this dude texts me, and, and we're texting back and forth. I'm like, okay, you go to the bathroom, talk to him. He comes out, and then he wants to talk to you. So we go to the bathroom. So we're closing the deal. I wear the funeral, but it had to it had to be done, you know. But that's that's us, you know. That's Mike and me, you know. And, and uh, that's hustle. That's hustle. Yeah. So we always turn up the hustle. So the last question is, what is your superpower? Man, I think for me, is uh, for me. I, I really wanted that. You know, we thought about this. We knew you were going to ask this question. For me, is finding out about something, right? And 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 knowing that I can I can get that done, or I can figure it out, and taking that, and then bringing in people that I know is going to help with that. Okay, let's get it done. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, I've never been afraid of uh, of not tackling something. You know, and uh, so. Of course, I can do deals. I can talk about all the deals that we do, or different stuff, different type of stuff that I know. But I want to say it's not being afraid, you know, of 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 taking off, of jumping. You know, I've lost everything in my life three times, like everything. I'm not scared to lose, you know. You can't be. And I tell everybody, don't be scared to lose, man. You know, you may fall a few times, but you can win. Because that one time that you fall, you may hit pay dirt, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say that, you know, it's probably my my strongest, you know, the strongest thing about me, you know. To include my wife. Hi, babe. I love you. <laughs> Superpower. Uh, I kind of go back to what we talked about earlier, why Charles is the enforcer. I think being in the Army for 12 years, having that mil- military leadership. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, uh, Lean Six Sigma. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, I try to implement that into what we do here at Home Item Selling. It's breaking down processes into steps on how can this step be better than the next. And we can cut a process or two and still get the same traction. That's that's what I think I like to do. When Charles comes in and, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, or Manny says, hey, let's do this, I always think about the intrinsics of it, break it down, mm-hmm. and fine-tune it to make it roll efficiently. Efficiency. Efficiency. Yeah, but, I bet he drives you crazy. You know, one thing, <laughs> one, one thing about Mike I talk about I, the desk, man. And there's just two different types of people. Mine, every time I leave, my desk has to be clean, no papers. I love or efficiency. I one paper, with it. I, gotta, I gotta do that paper in the morning. And I go into Charles' desk, I'm like, oh. You know, but man. we talked about this, I know we're getting short on time, but I wanted to say this before we, you know, and, you know, everybody, everybody, you know, that's in this business, you know, bless their hearts. I, I love everybody that, you know, that's good-hearted people, but, you know, this is not all peaches and cream, man. No. It's chaos every day, man. It's chaos, changing stuff, this happening, that happening, deals falling apart, people, you know, uh, personal problems, and it, it's complete chaos every day, but it's 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 the chaos that you have to be able to manage, not just at the office, but with people at home, you know. Um, you know, sometimes I get home and my wife's, what's wrong with you? And I have to remember, you know, take that off, put it to the side. Or sometimes, like me and him, like last year, actually in January, because we were talking about his moves, it was like we started having a little friction, you know, between us. But we have mm-hmm. to, I sat him down, and I said, Michael, I said, look, if, if we continue to go down this path, which we've been at it, kind of at each other for the last two weeks, 
this whole thing's gonna fall apart. We have to be able to talk to each other, and 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 we did that, and it was over, you know. And that's how we conduct ourselves. If we have a disagreement or an argument, we'll have the argument. I usually get a little, a little angrier you know, than he does. A but, fire and ice. He tempered. But more cool. Conflict. But you know, we we make sure that we end it quick, you know. Mm. And and so we don't stay angry very long. Yeah. So I'm going to let you guys think about one last thought that you guys each want to leave the listeners with. I'm going to make a few quick announcements. Uh, guys, it's three weeks away. Skillathon 2019, Chris Rude's event in New Orleans, uh, December 6th through 8th. If you guys want to check that out, go to bit.ly slash 2019skill. That's bit.ly slash 2019skill. And then uh, I'm going to be at Antoine's event in D.C., Drip 2020, uh, in April. So check, uh, keep an eye out for that. And then Max and I... Uh, we we did our workshop. It's blown up. If you guys want to see if it makes sense for you guys to make 2020 your year, go to disruptors.com, D-I-S-R-U-P-T-O-R-S.com to see if the workshop makes sense for you guys. And coming next Wednesday, we got Nick Perry. He's going to talk about how to uh, recruit on autopilot, which I already implemented it and it's worked amazingly well for me. And then we got the monthly meetup tomorrow night at Social Hall at 4.30, so in Phoenix. Social Hall 430 off McClintock and University. I look forward to seeing you guys all out there. And with that, last thoughts. We'll start with you. Myself? Final thoughts? I don't know, guys. I mean, I was, a question you had earlier is what would we do differently? Mm-hmm. And I said, had a mentor. And he said, do you have a mentor now? And I said, no, we don't. So don't do as we do, do as we say, <laughs> right? And yeah. get a mentor, guys. So if you guys are just starting off, maybe you've done your first wholesale, or even if you've been doing this for a year or two, uh, get a mentor. Uh, follow the real estate disruptors and actually go in there and learn from what other people are doing now to make it things so much easier for you. I always say turn up the hustle. Hustle for me, when I come in, I, I always tell Charles, hustle and productivity. You know, if I'm come to the office hour too late for whatever reason, I always say I came in an hour too late, but I'm the most productive one here. Mm-hmm. Do I not say that? I say that all the time. Except I come me. in here except for you. Fall asleep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I come in t- <laughs> two hours late, I'm the most productive one here. Yeah. I hustle, I hustle, and I always turn up the hustle. So you guys just turn up the hustle, man. You just follow mentors. Uh, keep the fire going. If you haven't done a deal yet, you're going to do a deal. Trust the system. Trust the process. Yeah, I would concur on that. You know, if we had to do it all over again, we would have sought out, you know, real individuals. You know, it's not hard right now to find real people like yourself, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are selling a lot of hogs, you know, that's a street term for BS, mm. but you can find good people, man. If you find good people, invest in yourself, um, you know, part of the, part of the reasons we've been going out to these, you know, uh, seminars and stuff is we find the right ones we want to go to. Uh, of course, we've been lucky, you know, real lucky that we found really good people and I, I would, you have to invest in yourself to learn, you know, and I, of course you could do it the way Mike and I did. But we, you know, we could probably be a lot further ahead if we would have uh, embraced, you know, some individuals. You know, that's that's what I say. You know, and of course, turn up the hustle, like Mike says. And you didn't ask me about the book. I was ready to tell you about the book. Ah, please feel free. Go ahead. My book is. I was excited to tell you about this. It's a uh, it's an old book, man. I read it. It, it really changed. This is where my thought process really started changing. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Have you ever read it? It's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. You know, it was written back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. 
But what it taught me was how to be true to everyone you mean to yourself. Have appreciation even for your enemies or people you dislike. Not to flatter people. Not to flatter yourself. You can find you can find goodness in anyone. I'll give you an example. You know, about five years ago we had a guy, you know, who's you know, he's kinda well known, you know, and, and he has issues, you know. And and, and and we let it go a deal go to him because he called us out and we said, Okay, man. I mean, we're actually losing on this deal. But if you said that uh, we're breaking our word by not giving you this deal, you know, we let him have it. But, you know, that same guy this past year called me. He said, hey, I know you and I don't get along. I don't like you. You don't like me. But I got this deal, man, in Dallas. It's a great deal. And I know that I can trust you. And I was like, man, you know, that's beautiful. Even from someone that we really don't connect, you know. Find appreciation, find appreciation in everything you do and everyone you deal with. And what you're gonna find is they're gonna appreciate you, you know. Love it, I think that's a great, ways, great spot to end it. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Yeah. We thank gotta, you so we much. Gotta, thank got you. got a final minute to give out some shout outs or please, please, time's please, up, oh, man. Oh. So I, I gotta give a shout out, right? Everyone are at the Home Bottom Sun Solutions team, Charles and I think very highly of you guys uh, from Contract Clint to Manny Cash, Frank, Eli Morrow, everyone who's out there, Maverick, uh, our boy JR is here, Alejandro's here, who runs our SMS. Uh, the San Antonio community itself, San Antonio, I think, has really evolved the past year or two, and I think we're coming really big as, as an investment city, if that makes sense. I know Phoenix is on the map. Mm -hmm. I know Tampa's on the map, and I think San Antonio's on the rise, and I just want to give a shout-out, and, of course, shout-out to my wife. Don't forget Jackie, Vanessa. Jackie, everyone. Uh, everyone in HPHS, but, uh, you know, I want to thank you not only for having us here on this podcast i know it's been a long time coming yeah uh we we've had a lot of discussions i want to thank you but i also want to thank you know uh, everyone that that uh you surround yourself around because like i told you uh i've told you a couple of times man it really changed everything we do yeah and if you're looking for a change i'm not just saying this man you need to pay attention pay attention to good people you know like this nick that's coming mm -hmm. you know we talked to him briefly he was so giving you know, he sent us his slides and everyone. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful time to be in real estate. So, yeah. shout out to everybody in San Antonio, of course, Q, Marco, and all the players out there. Uh, we love you guys and uh, thank you so much. Don't forget, guys, iTunes, five stars. Thank you. Yeah. See you guys later.